0: This was recorded at the 27th Chinwag Live event, Search is Dead, Long Live Search, on 29th September 2009 at the Slug and Lettuce in Soho, London. The panel featured Alan Patrick, consultant for BroadSight and Twitter, Kieran Norris, head of social marketing and director of invention at MindShare, Nick Garner, search manager at Betfair; Teddy Cowell, SEO director at Guava, William Tunstall-Peddo, CEO and founder of True Knowledge, with John Myers, head of search at MediaVest, chairing. It was sponsored by Guava. The event was produced by Julie Island for Chinwag.
1: Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Chinwag Live. Um, very aptly name panel today. Search is dead, long live search. So it kind of contradicts itself from the, the word go. And usually, as we find with most of these Chinwag events, if you've ever been down to one, there's usually a lot of contradiction will go on. Potential panel fights as the beer flows. So um, I think without further ado, I just want to kind of set the scene in some respects. I mean... The, the panel is a very open and wide-bred amount of um, industry, industry people as such. I just worked out, looking at the list, that there's 60 years of online knowledge sat up here. Which is a little bit scary in some respects. And knowing Teddy, as I've known Teddy for quite a few years, I've watched his hair grow <laughs> over the years. When we met, he had a haircut like me. Um, just want to kick off. First person next to me here is uh, Kieran Norris, Head of Social marketing and director of invention at Mindshare. That's quite possibly the longest title that there is to get on a business card in the UK. But uh, he's very, very knowledgeable of what he does. I mean, he started out uh, in the internet and around about 1999, has progressed from search specialists through to to Mindshare as he stands today. Next to, to Kieran, we have Nick Garner, who is the search manager for Betfair. I think probably everybody's heard of Betfair. Um, a huge, huge player in the online space. And uh, I'm very interested to hear what Nick has to say from an SEO perspective, as well as a social media acquisition. Um, and trying to understand where um, you know, the term social engineers is coming from and his, his biography. So I think that would be quite interesting to understand. Um, on to our illustrious sponsor, Mr. Edward stroke Teddy Cowell um, of Guava. Teddy's been kicking around since about 1996 in the internet. That's kind of like pre-Google um, so that's you, you're getting you're, as search goes. You're getting quite old. I mean, he's, uh, he's Guava's uh, intellectual edge, as quoted in his biography. Um, but he did work on the likes of uh, Internet Explorer three for MSN. So it's it is going back quite a long, long time. Um, next to Teddy, we have William Tunstall, who is the CEO and founder of True Knowledge, um, which I'm very, very interested to find out William's opinions tonight because uh, the software sounds very, very intriguing and. Um, I think the ability to have 25 years developing software and then integrate it into the online world, I think you're going to add a lot of value tonight in what the uh, discussion brings to us. And last but not least, at the far end, we have Alan Patrick, who is a consultant with Broadsight um, and is a specialist within digital multimedia consultancy. So I think we have a very, very rounded panel that's worked across some very, very big brands here in the UK. Um, So is Search dead? Long live Search. And... You know, in this day and age, we know that Google is dominant. Um, It's hugely dominant here in the UK, and even more so dominant in in Europe. You know, we're talking about market shares in Europe of up to 95%. So the likes of Microsoft and Yahoo have a very, very tall order on their hands. You know, there's a deal going through between Bing and Yahoo. We're all intrigued as to see how that one will pan out over the next 12 to 18 months. But we know that we live in a very, very Google-orientated world. Um, There's a lot of terms kicking around, like semantic search, um, which I think a lot of people are still trying to understand. And it's interesting to see that very aptly and very, very well timed today, Google has started to index um, hot buzz trends from the U.S. and the U.K. listings. So we can start to see now what people are actually live time searching. Um, It's still U.S. data, but it's interesting to see Google taking that stance. And I think we'll probably explore that a little bit uh, as we go over the next hour or so. Um, I think the things that we want to find out tonight really are, is, is a bunch of SEOs that do sit up here, and um, there are a few of them. What has changed for us over the last five to six years, and what, how will we have to change in the coming years? Um, because it's an, it's an ever ongoing, evolving process, natural search optimization. Um, and I think with the invent of social media and Twitter and the likes of coming to the table, how are the search engines going to deal with that? So that's something else we cover. Um, so on Without further ado, I kind of want to start to hand over to the panel and let them have their quick opinions. So I'm basically going to pose an initial opening question to them all. And that is, so, search is dead, or will it be a case of long-lived search? Google has been challenging in the new real-time and vertical search tools with the re-emergence of social media within search. You know, how are brands going to deal with that? How do we have to change to optimize as SEOs for that? You know, is it a done deal or will we really have to radically change how we think about things? You know, is this a new era for search or is it something that has been around for a little while? You know, is it all a bit of a flash in the pan? So I'd like to hand the microphone over to Kieran to give his opening thoughts for about a minute or so and then we'll pass on down the panel as such. Kieran.
2: Thank you. Um, In terms of what's changed over the last sort of five or six years, I think the single most interesting thing is probably the advent of um, blended search results in Google, which is kind of common knowledge now and and also just seems normal as well. But actually the fact that Google was bringing together content types from all different areas rather than just the ten blue links fundamentally changed the game in that previously you could worry about your website and and, and optimize that and you were fine. All of a sudden a video that appears in YouTube that slags you off or shows rats running around a kitchen in the, the KFC example that I like to give that is something that you, necess- you, can't, you haven't had anything to do with optimising about, but all of a sudden that's there right on the first page of Google. I think the, s- the second thing that's most interesting is actually not so much a technological change as a sort of uh, a cultural change, or maybe a slightly strong word, in that for me now, Google is the, it's not just the biggest search engine in the UK and Europe, it's the biggest browser, because people use Google... I think primarily for navigational searches. I mean, the number of searches from people typing in bbc.co.uk or facebook.com or MySpace or betfair.com or whatever, that what appears in your search results is your homepage. And therefore, if all you're concentrating on is one brand site that probably doesn't have that much interesting information, then you're missing a million tricks and opening yourself up to a whole heap of trouble. In terms of Real-time search, I think it's, it's obviously an interesting development, but I think all of those who write off Google and say, well, you know, Twitter and Facebook, they're going to get this real-time search thing and, and, and that's Google done for. You try and do a search on Twitter. Try and do a search on Facebook for anything other than a person. And th- th- there's no organization, and, and this is the problem. I've heard several major web companies recently sort of mocking Google for having an algorithm and not being powered by people. But of course, Google's algorithm has always been powered by people through links, And they are much better at ordering and and, um, assigning relevance to content. And and I don't see the the, the social sites getting that anytime soon. And I think the Hot Trends thing shows that they're they're gunning for this. And generally my predictions are wrong, but I would suggest that I think we may well find that Google does end up winning the real-time search battle. Whether it has to buy Twitter, I I mean, they've spent $1 on a bit of a white elephant before. I'm not sure they'll do it again. So we shall see. Okay, so what's changed
3: in the last five years? I think broadly, just echoing what Kieran says, um, engines are more clever and that kind of stuff. But what I think is really interesting is the, <clears throat> I suppose the emergence of this whole concept of markets or conversations and people are getting more clever at learning, understanding the language of the internet, understanding how to search for stuff. So you hear about people using longer and longer query strings. I think Google recently made the search box bigger with bigger words and all this kind of thing. So people are just getting better at finding stuff. And I personally, I'm for my own work, I'm gearing around search engines, but I'm really gearing around is a better conversation with my users and a, uh, more honesty. I know that sounds a bit wishy-washy, but at the end of the day, uh, what really, what I'm trying to do is reach out and, I was trying to phrase this properly, but... Yeah, well, no, it's just you can't... It, the future is about telling the truth on the Internet. If you're going to do well, the, very, the old school, you'd hack a website, you do your meta tags, do your title tags, you're all good to go. You bosh in a few links and you're good. But the future, and it's coming fast with the event of caffeine and so on, is going to be much more about social engineering, to use a phrase. In other words, we talk about, you know, the YouTube videos, the, the, the different ways you can reach out and talk to your communities and stuff. And in a funny, bizarre way, we're kind of going to go back to word-of-mouth marketing that happened way before the Internet. But in this case, it's going to happen on the Internet and people will share information and stuff like that and they'll make decisions about you. And Google will pick up on this because they're interested in what their users are interested in. So for my own part, I'm doing my best to align with the great conversations that are beginning to roll out. So, for example, Twitter is an interesting one. So they're, they're taking much more interest in Twitter these days. Old school, they would, I think John was saying, what, six, six days, wasn't it, before they Yeah, but I've
1: been watching it. I've actually been setting up Google Alerts and watching Twitter being indexed by Google, and about six months ago, it would take maybe four to six days for them to index content. I've seen content getting indexed from Twitter within six minutes now. So Google has taken a massive interest in Twitter suddenly.
3: So if you think of Twitter as basically a series of memes that float around and uh, there are some memes that are more powerful than others and therefore you get more retweets and certain things and so on, then they're starting to pay more interest into, in, in it and I, at the moment it's not that sophisticated, I mean it's not having a major effect but in time it will so my big, big picture doing what I do is get the conversation right and get the channels right for the conversation and then a lot of the Google stuff will come through as time goes by
1: any thoughts on this, Teddy?
3: I'm sure you will have. I
1: usually come with a load of stats and stuff like that. So
4: I'll avoid stats to begin with anyway. Okay. But um, I, mean, I would, would agree um, with everything that Kieran and, and Nick have basically said. And I think that kind of the really big change you're seeing right now is from a search perspective, you're seeing a convergence of a whole lot of different technologies. And and obviously, like, social media and social search is feeding into that quite heavily, but it definitely isn't where, like, the biggest changes are really happening. It's the 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 area that's getting a lot of the most profile, because I think it seems quite cool and seems quite sexy at the moment, and search obviously seems often quite mainstream. But um, I think you obviously have the convergence of sort of social and then sort of vertical search... And we're talking about today, we have semantic search as well, which is where a lot of the real breakthroughs are coming in terms of interpreting what what users actually want and trying to organise all this massive information. Because the one thing we know about the internet is that you know via um, social media, via kind of YouTube and online video, like masses and masses of information is being created, and there's no way the internet is going to keep working without the search engines there to mediate like our demand against. Well, for the right kind of content, for what we're after, so they're only going to become more and more important, and they only have to get more and more sophisticated to be able to manage this this massive growing amount of content. So, like on video, for instance, I will have some stats. I think in in May this year, you know, they, they were, YouTube was getting twenty hours worth of video uploaded every single minute. You know, that's a massive amount of information, and they have to organise that. And if you you want the right video and you want one that's interesting. And then you put in your query, and you get a result back and you expect that instantaneously. I mean, and then you also you have the technical issues with um, resolving obviously like real-time search and making that really relevant. And obviously there's a huge amount of content being created on Twitter, but their real-time search experience is still relatively basic. It's not very sophisticated. And I think the the real opportunity comes from semantic search, tying all of these things together to get the right content and understand context and to use social media to to help make more sense of basically the content that's out there.
5: Um, Yeah. Uh, So, what's changed in the last five years? I I actually think not very much. I think uh, search engines... What, what we see in search engines is an evolution rather than any revolutionary changes. So Google, for example, has thousands of engineers and they're working constantly to improve the product. Uh, there's been no paradigm shift in the way search engines work. They've, they've put new content in, they've, they've tweaked algorithms, they've got better and better at what they're doing. Um, but fundamentally, search is the same as it was seven, eight years ago, um, with, with a lot more sophistication and a lot more pages indexed and everything being done that little bit better. Um, and the, the, trends, um, the trends you see are, are essentially search engines getting better and better at what they do and what is it they're trying to do. What, what a search engine is trying to do is, is infer the user's intent uh, from the query and give them the very best uh, content that they can find that matches that intent, and they're getting better and better than that. Um, and that, what that means for SEO is that, it's, it, in my opinion, is it's far, far more difficult to game the system um, so, what Nick said about telling the truth, I, I agree with completely. I think, I think the starting point for any um, search engine optimization campaign is publishing content that is valuable to users and if you do that and do nothing more than that, um, it 's the search engine 's job it 's the search engine 's job to discover that. And they have very sophisticated ways of discovering that. And it isn't, it isn't just links. They also, they also have very sophisticated ways of measuring user engagement with the content that they publish and adjusting the rankings accordingly. Um, and semantic search, and semantic search is, is the definition of semantic search is extremely broad. And if you define it very broadly, then the main search engines are starting to use semantic techniques, um, very basic semantic techniques in what they do. And that is, again, is, is part of the evolution of improving, improving search results and making, it, making, making them better at finding the best content or the most relevant content for, for their users. Um, from, from my own perspective, uh, a trend that hasn't been mentioned yet is the, is the more heavy use of structured, structured knowledge in search results. So instead of everything being documents... Um, search engines. There's a, there's a trend towards search engines using structured results, results from databases, to 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 better rank things or to produce direct answers to questions. Um, and I think that's a trend that's that's happening as well, which will become become more and more.
0: Okay. So the question is five years back. Um, thinking about the search world five years back, Google was the word. The word was Google, and you pretty much were all it optimizing your life uh, around Google. And there was a sort of arms race going on, wasn't there, between Google changing its algorithms and everybody racing to make their algorithms, outperform everybody else's algorithms. I think if you go three years ago, something started to change, which was the good old text-based websites, as everybody mentioned earlier, started to change. And suddenly you found things like blogs and video getting higher priorities. And it was a bit of, I think, a blindsided sided um, some of the more traditional uh, websites. There's quite a scramble then to get video in and you know, get, get some blogging up and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. If I look back um, one year ago, I'd say that the, the sort of new trend was the real-time search. And I, I'm quite amused at this because we built a, a real-time search engine about two and a half years ago for, for a, a large media client. But there was no real-time ecosystem then. Twitter didn't exist. And, and it's only really the existence of things like Twitter where you have got real-time live stuff going on that's actually worth searching it. And even Twitter in the early days wasn't worth searching. There was a lot of people just talking about what they had for lunch, so it wasn't high value. But what you've got now increasingly is, is a big ecosystem doing quite a lot of sophisticated things. If I look at where it is now and where it's going, I think now the big issue is there's just so much stuff coming out. The issue is more about filtering. And what we're really seeing is to me semantic search social you know, mediation, all these other new predictive algorithms, structured knowledge, you know structured metadata. There's all ways of trying to structure what you're seeing and actually filter it down into something that's more usable. Now, If I may say so, somebody's built some real-time search. And the, the, the real-time search, it's non-trivial, but that's not the hard thing. The hard thing is getting predictive, filtered results that are useful, and I think that's what, really where the world is going to go in the future.
1: Great. Thanks, Alan. So, we've kind of talked a little bit about the past. We've had some views on it and stuff like that. So... Let's think about the future a little bit. Let's start thinking about, you know, where next? You know, we're, we're aptly titling this, is search dead? I really want to drill into this, and I want to understand from you guys what your thoughts on this is. I mean, I think probably most people in the panel, or most people in the audience will have an opinion on searches are dead. If, we're, if it is dead, we're all out of jobs, potentially. How many people work in search that are sat in the room here today? We're all doomed, it's game over. Sam's putting his hand up at the back as well. It's game over, Chinwag's dead, everything like that, Search, everything. But no, all, all in all, I really want to drill into and I want to understand from you guys, where are we going next? You know, Is Search dead? It's a big, big statement. I'm going to kind of recoin it as, does Search have to evolve? And does it have to change to embrace what's going on? Um, Teddy, you touched a little bit on video and stuff like that on YouTube, and I think... You know, looking at YouTube, YouTube is one of the most potent commodities out there today. You know, as you mentioned, there's 20 hours a minute hitting YouTube. That's the same when you, when you weigh it up as the output of 1,200 television stations a day. It's huge. And actually, YouTube serves 10% of all of the internet traffic through one website. It has over 400 million unique users a month. It's huge as a commodity. It's massive. So I want your opinion, Teddy. Is search dead? Or do we have to evolve? You've been in the SEO game for a long, long time. What do we have to
4: change? I think as my, I, in my introduction, basically, as I, I said, I definitely think it's not dead. It's definitely becoming more and more important. And it, it definitely has to evolve because the type of content that's being put online is changing and evolving. And, and also users' expectations are changing and evolving because as search engines understand more about what users want and our internet experiences are kind of evolving, and what we expect from the internet is evolving, so they also have to evolve to keep up with that and to keep up with user demand, because obviously that's how, you know, they maintain their competitive edge, and that's how Google's very, very good at doing that and has thousands of engineers working on this all the time, and that's why they are the dominant one. And, you know, if they didn't evolve, then obviously they leave the door open for kind of new upstarts to, to take over from them but I definitely think they've got their eye on the ball, and I definitely think they're they're considering these technologies. And, you know, they might not be doing it as early as other people. And, you know, even with real-time search and how they've incorporated that this year, I mean, that's quite late. And, you know, there's some really good quotes from Larry Page where he said, you know, I've been pushing for this for years, but it wasn't until Twitter came along and proved that actually people would use it that I could convince my engineers that they would have to go out and build it. So, obviously, Twitter kind of created the buzz around this topic and then... Google could just quickly go out and incorporate it very, very fast. Um, But I do think they evolve, and I think they watch what everyone's doing, and they look for what's going to be a useful trend, and then they work out how to incorporate it into their systems. And I think it's very hard for anybody else to compete with them. Um, Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, there's $40
5: billion of advertising revenue up for grabs uh, based on market share. Um, So the big search engine companies... um, you know, there's no, there's no barriers to entry or exit to change, your, change which search company you use. It's as easy to type bing.com into your browser as it is google.com. Um, there's an arms race going on. Does anybody actually do that? Exactly. I, think I, I, I mean, I, I take the point, but, I, but people don't. That's the thing. People don't it, type it, bing.com into their browser. I mean, there's... It's there's not to
2: say it won't change, but I think this idea that people will just switch, I, 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 I think a lot of people are... It's, it's how, they, how they browse the Internet. Sorry. Yeah. There's 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 numerous reports. But Google, actual... but Google was at what percentage in the start? I mean, it's a different market.
0: There's, there's... Bing search share is growing month by month. It's quite interesting to watch, and that's going to put pressure on Google margins, which I think is going to be very interesting because they, they've had high margins up till now. The,
5: I mean, the, all the recent evidence is that Bing is growing, is growing market share. There's there's plenty. Everybody who's actually measured it recently says that they've grown market share. And um, just because Google has been around f- for so long, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying they're going to supplant Google. I, I'm, but I'm just saying that the market share, every percentage point of market share, is worth colossal amounts of money. Um, so the idea that search is dead or that search isn't going to evolve is just is 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 nonsense. Clearly, um, I mean nobody's saying that, but that's the question on the panel. Yeah, um, did. He told me earlier. Uh, the the um, you know. The, the, the companies are in fierce competition, and the only way that they can, they can improve their engagement metrics and improve their market share is by making their product better and continuing to make their product better. And, and Google has stayed in its dominant position because it has all for the last X years. It has had a product that is as good as or better than all its competition. Yeah. And if that ever changes, then then they will start losing market share. Yeah. Um, so all the search companies are fighting for, for an absolutely huge market. They've got no way of locking their users in, or not many ways of locking their users in, uh, and the only way they can compete is by continuing to improve the user experience, and that does mean adding new content. It does mean ranking better. It does mean bringing in every technology they can find, and,
2: and it's fundamental to the industry. I, I think there's, there's, there's two interesting things about what, what we've sort of mentioned. The stat about YouTube in 20 hours, and I roll that out as well. So I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of that stat. But I think what's interesting is that, especially people in with job titles like mine, who you know sort of go on about social media and user-generated content, and isn't it wonderful? And isn't it changing the world? Of the 18 videos that have been tracked to have more than 100 million views online, one of them was using generated content. Of the 20 hours that's uploaded to YouTube every 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 minute, 19 hours and 50 seconds is utter crud. This is the thing: is that the the, 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 the I, I just think I just think we need to. There's there's a, a reality check when we talk about all the content. That's not to say that the engines don't have to filter it. But I think there is very much... I think often when we're talking about this, we're saying, oh, brands are dead. And I know no one said that here, but I think it's often the sort of implied message that unless brands adapt and they let users do stuff and they crowdsource and yada, 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 then they've got no place. And actually, I think what the rise of social media has shown is that brands and uh, professional media companies have a a massive place still to play because of those 18 videos, I think 13 were, were, were music videos. The second thing I think is interesting is is absolutely about evolution, and it's something that it suddenly occurred to me, and I hadn't mentioned it, we haven't touched on. I had a a presentation from Yahoo the other day, and I asked them, I said, so, you know, you've given up on search, what's that all about? And they said, well, we haven't given up on mobile. So the deal, as far as I can understand, is that they reserve the right to keep using their search technology for mobile search, and when Google have said that they, that for them the future is mobile and the stats suggest that you know there's an interesting um, supplement in The Economist this month about or this week about uh, mobile and what it's doing to developing countries and how places like South Africa are now up on a level with places like South Korea, they've jumped a step evolutionary, um, in, in the evolution of, of, of web and, and, and haven't really touched on the PC. And that, I think, could be one area where actually the mixture of real-time and things like GPS and... So, the vertical kind of local search, and, and when I search on my, on my on mobile, I have an entirely different intent. You know, if I search for a, a movie on my mobile, I probably want to find out where it 's showing. If I search for a movie uh, on my desktop i 'm probably looking for reviews and things like that and I think that 's one area which kind of doesn 't get mentioned as much as it should have done should, should do and, and could be a really interesting space um, and one where I think we 'll see a lot of the technology going um, Yahoo is. I, I don't have any special knowledge,
5: but my understanding of the Yahoo deal is that they, is, they are, they'd still c- retain complete control of their search product, so they've outsourced, they may have outsourced the organic um, indexing of web pages to, to Bing, but they can absolutely augment it with, with other types of search, including social that's, search and video and, sorry, and so on. Yeah, that, that's, that's
2: what I meant, is yeah. that they, they, are, they are retaining control of the mobile element. No, um,
5: I'm, I'm talking about video and uh, structured responses and uh, retail search in the web on the
2: non-mobile uh, search product as well. Okay, but the fact, I just think the fact that they have retained mobile and they were, they were making a big deal out of it as well and I, and I think that's interesting that that, that is going to be where one of the biggest areas is.
1: I've officially turned into a microphone thank stand.
2: Much, <laughs> I'm done, I'm done, thank you.
1: It's uh, like that, you know. I'm quite a good microphone stand. I have an opinion, though, as well, so I'm not silent like microphone stands. Yeah, just to clarify, the actual Yahoo Microsoft deal involves paid search. They will use Microsoft's paid search platform, and they will use Yahoo's search marketing sales team. That's pretty much the deal as it stands today, and we're probably looking at about 12 to 18 months before that again it gets implemented. And, and Bing's organic results. And Bing, exactly, and that's, that's the problem. And the Bing one, Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's not but from a mobile point of view, we've been talking about mobile for quite a lot of years, and I do agree. It could be interesting to see where it goes. Anybody else got any thoughts, on where we're going? We're having some interesting debate here between two panellists, but uh, it's gone a little bit silent. Can we just throw that microphone down to, the, to these two guys here? And you've got one at the
3: end, and then we've all got one each. Um, what about bringing it back to you guys? Because, obviously, you've got to steer your ship, as it were, into the future and work out what you're going to do with it all and where this is all going. And I just want to speak on my own part here, really, um, I just think that it's all going to get a lot tougher if you're not a brand. So I think the the, the spammers and the, the affiliates and people like that, just the the people who just fill up the internet with crap, are going to be gradually pushed out. Um, and if you're a big brand, that's good news for you. You can probably get away with a lot, which is good. I just think the whole the whole idea that you can engineer your way into High rankings on competitive phrases is is just going to dissipate because, frankly, I think that the the holes are going to get closed up and things like links, for example, which still have a lot of currency, are going to probably, in my opinion, anyway, probably fade away in importance over the next year and a half. Um,
2: what replaces them though?
3: Well, now that's an interesting question. I I I don't really know. Um, I know. You, I don't know. I I have I have to assume that they do. Because I assume that because of caffeine and the kind of power behind the new uh, framework that Google are putting in together, that they can start to look at, for example, the click-through traffic on particular rankings. They can they can then have uh, more beef in the algo to to filter out spammers who are going just doing bot clicks and things like that. So what I'm seeing is obviously the usual arms race against the spammers, but it's going to get more aggressive. And I assume that what's going to happen is that stuff that people want will do better. But I also assume that if you want to, if you've got, a, if you're a brand and you've got something that actually no one's that interested in, like mortgages, unless you want a mortgage, um, that you're just going to have to pay your way to be in there, or you're going to be clever, like say a company like Mint, who are really clever with their social uh, stuff marketing. Um, or you, you are a brand with a heritage, you know, you're like the Seth Godin, the favorite brand of Seth Godin type brand. You know, you're one of those purple cow brands or whatever. And Seth then you Godin, got, the man
2: who, man who built Squidoo, the spammer's dream home. <laughs> hey, we know.
3: But the point is that he loves his whole purple cow thing. And can you can see the lawsuit already. <laughs> but the point, is, people, I'm just saying that there's an ecosystem that's going to get tougher to be in if you're just relying on the old tricks like fiddling with your website and just buying links from places—that stuff just ain't going to fly anymore.
1: We don't buy links.
3: No one buys links no here, one buys by the links. way. It's going no on one a one podcast.
1: Google. We don't buy links. Sorry, we apologise, <laughs> but we don't. Him. He does. We won't say who that is, but that's our illustrious sponsor. <laughs> I I'm just
3: saying it's going
1: to get tougher. He, he
2: does. I wasn't pointing at anyone. i just random <laughs> pointing. I wasn't suggesting that guava buy links in anyway.
1: Guava don't I, buy links. Not tonight. That's but not a guava black buys coat, guava by by the buys way. beer. It's guava buys thing. beer for everybody. Everybody. <laughs>
2: That's magic, but... Um. But he will take any what?
1: links that you may have that are higher and authoritative into the website on the repairs to live a couple of pints of oh. fosters.
3: <laughs> You're a man with an agency that helps clients. What are you going to do over the next five years to help them?
4: To be honest, I would, I would kind of agree and disagree with some of the things you said. I think that because search is evolving in, there's, there are still... and Basically, search engines are looking at so many different types of information and agreeing... Um, I think you're going to have a obviously of structured data. So we have this kind of, we have this battle between users and content and what content means. And, and obviously those are the kind of things that search engines are generally looking at. So I think we, we do need an, an, a big advancement in terms of how websites are being built and how content's being published. That's really evident by some of the standards that the search engines even kind of mutually agree on. They realize that the web is kind of put together really crappy, and it needs to make step changes forward so that the, the overall internet experience can get better. So be that from like semantic markup, um, whether we're, we're adopting standards like RDF and microformats, anything that helps search engines understand content better is a good thing. And the trouble is that webmasters are not doing this at the moment, and that's going to be a long battle to try and convert them from the kind of way they're building web pages right now to adopt these new standards. I think that's really important, and that's already something we, we're looking at with clients sort of speculatively, um, and also because Google like, supports these formats already for certain types of content in terms of rich snippets for reviews and that kind of thing. So these standards are there, they're available. Hardly anybody uses them, and everybody should be using them right now. So I think, I think that's definitely something we're looking at. In terms of you know, how you build a brand, and, and, and obviously in terms of how search engines understand relevancy, because that's also something they're trying to measure... You're absolutely right. You know, you, you do need to create a brand. And, and brands are obviously seen as being relevant because brands drive kind of demand. People search for brands and they relate them to particular products. And I think one of the things that was seen with the, the caffeine update, that there seemed to be a very strong correlation between brand searches for particular types of products and which sites suddenly leap up the rankings. And, you know, earlier this year, the search engine results were up and down like a yo-yo. And, and, and the big sort of factor that really came out of this was that if your brand was related to a particular type of key phrase, you would suddenly... Like your your results went your rankings went up a lot, um, so that's really good. So we do need to create brands. I totally agree with you. But from from an SEO perspective, the ways that we can we can we can help Google well either create relevancy and and, and create brands is by using like social media etc. And, and advertising and other forms of promotion to to drive brand demand.
2: So I mean, it's one thing I I I wouldn't challenge it because I, I kind of agree. But it, it just literally a question to, to chuck out there. so We talked about rich snippets and RDF and things like that. Yeah. Who here uses Google to search for the... We- or Bing, or whoever, to search for the weather? So probably one of the most frequent searches I do is, like, weather London, right? And what do you find? The weather's right there on the page. So do you bother going to the BBC or to weather.com or to the Met Office? No, because Google has given you the answer. When you search for cricket scores, what do you get? It tells you that England have managed to won a one- win a one-day test. I mean, then you sort of double- you double-check it and you think that can't be right, but... Um, but, but the answers are there and you know, Bing is putting itself forward as an answers engine rather than a search engine yeah. now the publishing industry is dying on its ass right? I spent seven years and it's, it's, it's kind of you know, they know it we know it everyone knows it and, and, and one of the things they're lashing out against is Google because apparently it's unfair that Google takes all their money and, and stuff and I don't, I don't buy that but what if and it's a big what if that Google is asking people to implement technologies and tagging and data that means that more and more the, the, the user doesn't need to go to the uh, uh, I know you're shaking your head but, but what it,
5: I'm agreeing with you
2: what happens I mean you know because Google has always said if you don't want if you don't like us no index us if we see the, the point where actually the, the search engine represents everything you need to know then will the publishers just react and say do you know what I'm just going to. I'm going to put my money in TV, and I'm going to rely on that because when someone searches for my content on your website, you don't even bring them to me anymore. You just show them the data there, and then and they don't bother coming and look at my CPM banner advertising. So,
3: Kieran, how do you how do, you, or somebody, how do you apply this to some person out there who's got a client that's going to roll up in four and a half years time and says, "I want to rank, or I want to be seen on search engines because I believe there's money there." What's going to be different from them versus now?
2: But, but my, my, my question was, is what if, if, if it gets to such an extent, what's the value of having your content appearing highly in the rankings? If no one actually then comes and looks at your site, is it just about branding then?
3: So you're just saying I, I'm, maybe I'm there's just, a I'm give just up chucking, I'm yeah. chucking the question yeah. out there. That's
5: it. Um, you can I answer that? Because my, my company is actually entirely about producing direct answers within search results. That's what my business does. So, um, and I, I, I don't think you need to worry too much. I don't think, if you're publishing useful content on websites, I don't think there's ever going to be a case where um, where the direct question-answering component of a, of a website will not expose that. If people are, are looking for businesses or looking for content on the web, um, they're, they're going to use search engines to find it. The, the direct answer... I, I think the direct answer um, is a trend that will increase, um, and it's fundamentally what I, what I spend my life doing. Um, um, but it isn't going to completely supplant search engines for the foreseeable future. I mean, the web pages and websites are where most of the content on the internet is um, if that's what users are looking for, that's what search engines will direct them to.
3: Do you think there's going to be a much bigger split-out between informational and commercial stuff? So today, because the algo is still a bit not great with its dependency on links and so on, do you see the whole thing where you go into an informational search, there is, like, zero commercial stuff? Yeah. So there's much more segregation. Yeah, absolutely. That's I mean, that's what we do. So, um, you know, true knowledge
5: is about producing direct Results to informational searches. Absolutely, that's what it does. So, I guess if you're publishing, um, if you're publishing uh, information on a website that's, that's understandable and factual and can be, is is relevant to direct question answering, then I guess maybe there is there is a, a downward trend for you. Um, but if you're a business uh, wanting to do transactions or to pitch for but to pitch for business, I, I don't I don't necessarily see that being replaced by some favoured supplier of the search engine. I don't I don't think that's going to happen.
4: I mean. There's a couple of points you made that I would agree and disagree with. Again, I think that... We're yes, always You, ag- agreeing, you, will, you disagreeing tonight. Yes. You, 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 you will, you will, Just disagree, you, somebody. Just <sighs> disagree with somebody. You'll, you'll definitely see a lot more content get merged directly into the results and direct answers. Yep. That's absolutely the case because Google think they can fulfill the queries much quicker than sending someone out to a third-party website. So, yes, they are a competitor to certain types of businesses. I still think they're never going to supplant the brand experience that someone can have by controlling their own website and the kind of affinity they can build with their users. So that's one thing that Google's never really going to have from that perspective. Um, and, and I guess the other thing is, from will you see results split out between commercial and sort of retail-related searches and kind of informational ones? And I think um, today or yesterday, you actually had Google launching Google Merchant Service, which specifically separates out like product-related searches from like standard information ones. So that's definitely already happening. And I think that's going to continue to, to increase. I think for,
3: for, for normal companies who just want to rank, what they ideally want is to get their worst-case scenario, their Viagra-peddling website... Up in a search for medical problems. But if you want to see, a, if you do a search for medical problems, you don't want to see a spammy Viagra site. But if you're really good at SEO, that's what you're going to do, and you'll make a lot of money. And so, where I'm going, certainly from the stuff I'm working on, I'm doing things like I'm building a wiki. We've got a proper blog that's actually got content about betting that people like, actually. And I know that from my analytics. Um, and just, just to pick up on that, Nick,
1: actually, Google now is indexing very, very rapidly search wiki. Yeah. So, they're kind of heading that one off as well. I think what I want to kind of get out of this, and I'll, I'll, obviously I don't have an opinion as well now, but is we're talking a lot about indexing content and stuff like that. How live can we get this? How real time can Google make this? You know, at the end of the day, we look at things like Twitter, and a couple of things that ring out to note is one the, the airplane crash, nobody was killed, thank God. That crashed in uh, the Hudson in New York. Some of the first pictures that came out of that about three to four months ago were on Twitter. Somebody who actually was in the plane crash stood on the wing, and tweeted about it. How, how random is that? And then Google. About three or four weeks ago, Google was having a barbecue. Google's barbecue on the top deck at Google caught fire. The first notions of that actually came out on Twitter from a Telegraph reporter who took a picture of it in the Telegraph offices across the road. So he didn't think, oh, Christ, Google's barbecue is on fire. Let's stick it in the newspaper. He stuck it on Twitter. So, how live can we get search engines? You know, where will it go? How live can we touch it? I don't know if that's where you're going to cover, Alan, or if you have an opinion on something else, but I'm just intrigued. Get yeah. your opinions. Where are we going? How live can we make this?
0: Well, I mean, no, the internet isn't truly real-time, but it's, it's getting as close to... It's, it's a... Well, it's, it uses little packets of information, but it's getting as close to it as we, as we, we can get. So, I think systems like Twitter are, are quite interesting, because although most of the market is still Google and increasingly other people compete with it. Um, you've got to remember Google's technology is about 15 years old now, so it's, it's, they're going to increasingly be seen as the old guy around the new stuff. And I think what's really hit them hard is, is the real-time st- um, search because what it's done is it's created an entirely new market that sits in front of the Google News. Twitter drive, real-time news or real-time search drives traffic to the Google engines, which is, I think, what's scaring them quite a bit because that's quite a massive value shift compared to just the size of Twitter. So I don't think that goes away. And also, if you look at the um, attractiveness of of real-time news to people, it's extremely high. So again, I think it's got much higher value than you would think just because of the the small size of it. But I think the increasing issue will be not so much real-time getting the data, but just being able to filter the data and put structure to it uh, and efficiently, because already you're seeing Twitter's ecosystems that grows. The the amount of sheer crap you can get is, is absolutely huge, and I think this is generally the issue in the, in, on the internet now. You know, we've we've done the long tail. We've done user generated content. We ma- we know that most of it is pure shit. So what we now have to do is work out what's relevant to us and, and why. And, and our view, personally, is that you know we're already st- the, the sort of real time web hasn't even kicked off yet, and there's going to be massive amounts of innovation over the next few years. Of that, but we're already thinking that the next game is going to be the predictive web where it's going to have to try and work out what the context you're looking at is in advance and try and filter what you want because otherwise there's just too much data to handle
2: Yeah, I mean I I, I have to say I totally totally agree with that I mean I think if you everyone uses the the Hudson River or the the Iran or the earthquake and says, oh isn't Twitter amazing you know this guy put it up on Twitter first try and find it seriously go to search.twitter and try and find that bloody photo you will not you'll find a million people talking about it but you won't find the damn photo or if you do, exactly, exactly. and this is, this is my point, is that at the moment the social sites still have not been able to filter, organise structure, work out authority, work out relevance. And, and, and often when you search for things that may have been reported first in real time, because the media agencies, the media companies are all monitoring this, what you find, and, and I haven't done a detailed study of it, but I spent you know, 30 seconds looking at a page, so that's, that's good enough. But, but you, you, you'll find that most of the links, I, fo- I think, that are being shared are actually to mainstream publishers. You know, so it will be photo of Hudson, here's the photo, there's a story on the BBC, and everyone then starts sh- sharing the BBC story. And, and I, I think that, that there is a big place for real time search, and I, I don't doubt that it's going to have a massive impact, but if you look at the, the numbers that are using search.twitter, I think in the States, it's something like 3 million visits a month or something. It's, it is still quite small. And, I, and that's not to say it doesn't have implications and it's not going to have a future. But I think in our little digital bubble, we can get wrapped up in it. And, and the best example I'll give of that is when... Does anyone remember when there was that fire just down on Dean Street a couple of months ago? There was a, I mean, there was a pub on, fo- on fire in Soho. So obviously, everyone in digital and in the ad world panicked. Um, it was right next to the Soho Hotel. Where are we going to go for a drink after work? Five of the top ten trends on Twitter were about the fire of a pub in Soho. It's, we're, we're still in a bubble. That, that's all I'll say. Yep. Um,
6: is that not discovery, though? Sorry, to wade in not on the panel, but uh, we're talking about search, but actually this is about discovery. Uh, Angus Philipson from Worksite Builder. Um, the um, the kind of the important point there is that um, your peer group or the people that are posting on Twitter, Dig, Delicious, Newsvine, um, are filtering that information and providing something that you wouldn't otherwise um, know about or search for, uh, and that's the kind of the elephant here.
2: Yeah, but you need to be in the right network to have found that thing, and I—I I, I don't. I'm not doubting the, the, the importance of it for, for getting news out there quickly, but I still think that it's probably going to be someone like a Google or a Bing or a Yahoo, that, or, or or True Knowledge, of course, um, who who will are further ahead in how to actually structure and filter that data, which I think is the point the other guys
4: made very well. There were some really again good good stats. There were some really really good statistics published by a, a big publishing network this week, basically that, that put into context the, the, the real comparison between like, how much traffic they were getting from social versus how much comes from search. And it, it was a survey of um, 123 million impressions across 60,000 websites. So it's a pretty good sample size. And, and to put this into perspective, search generated 97.82% of their referrals and social media accounted for 0.55%. So this is the kind of... Like, social media is getting a huge amount of hype right now, but in terms of realistic actual market share and influence on websites, it's still overall really, really small. And, and I agree with Kieran that, that social media is generating a lot of content, but it's still pretty disorganized, and, and we still need big, big, powerful search engines to help us sort that content and find the really important nuggets of information. So and, and they need to evolve in order to do that, and they are evolving, so...
1: So in the sense when we're talking about them evolving, are they going to evolve to include that content? Are they going to evolve to exclude that content? I think, and let it stand in its own right?
4: I think they evolve to very much incorporate it in, into what they're doing. I think, I think social media is very good at getting content out of users. That's what we know it's really good. It's good at getting users to contribute to things, either via, by, via Twitter with kind of tweets, putting videos up on YouTube, like bookmarking really interesting pieces of content on StumbleUpon, all that kind of stuff it's really good at getting users to do that. But, but in terms of you going out there and specifically saying, I want to find this one piece of information, here's how I can describe it. As a search engine, do you understand my query? Can you find the right result for me? You still need like, search engines like Google to do that.
0: But that doesn't sound right to me because all the stuff we've seen says that Twitter and these things are driving increasing amounts of traffic straight past Google to raw websites. I think mean, that's what's scaring the Googles of this world because what you're getting is a combination of people you follow and your social recommendation telling you where to go direct. And you know, certainly all the sites we look at, you've seen Twitter especially, is driving way above its weight in terms of traffic. And I think that's what's... Uh, what's starting to to interest people. So sites like Etsy are getting sort of a a large amount of their traffic and several tens of percent from from Twitter, which is is quite interesting as a stat. Uh, Whereas a few months ago, they were were getting most of it from Google. And I think that's what I mean. The the real-time stuff is sitting in front of Google in these places. They're doing it before Google sees it, and it's gone straight past them. And I think that's what's scaring the more traditional search engines, which is why Google's ramped up its speed of response, because we did a huge study on real-time search last year, and Google's incredibly slow at updating. You, we did, I did it again for this panel, and I'm just stunned at how rapidly they've wrapped up, ranked up the um, rate at which they refresh. Now, that must put a huge load on their bots uh, in terms of, sort of trailing the web. They can so, afford it. They, they can, can but it, the thing is, as Bing and these other guys take market share away, you'll find their margins are slowly withdrawn because the thing that competition will do is... is D- drop margins, and yeah. I think a lot of their inefficiencies will start to be exposed and they 've got a lot of other adventures going on a lot of the other stuff doesn 't make any money it 's just entertaining for the engineers mm. um, as I think increasingly it has to be a real business with real competition i think they 're going to find life a lot tougher, and i think that 's the three year picture real search i e the big big search is, is just increasing hard competition
1: okay we 've got our second question from the floor tonight. Start thinking of questions, guys. I'm opening up absolutely to the floor now. So if anybody's got any questions and you want to throw any mud at the panel, put your hand up. We'll throw a mic at you. All I'll say is please introduce yourself and which company you work for and then uh, sling it at these guys up here as well and let's see what we can get. Over to yourself.
7: Cool. Thank you. Uh, My name is I work for an agency called Diffusion. Um, It may be implicit in the, the title of the debate today, but is not so much a question of whether search is dead, but whether the search agency is dead? We've talked a lot today about Ooh. how... Good question.
3: Good question.
1: Uh, just a quick show uh, of hands. How many people in this room work for search agencies?
2: Work for agencies who sell search? <laughs> work for agencies <laughs> who sell search? Or a different Agencies who, whose primary business is search. Okay. Agency. And how many uh,
1: you just work for an agency in this room? That, that sells search as one of its offerings. The man in the middle of the room is now the man with the target on his back exactly. for the rest of the evening.
7: Um, and we're, uh, Diffusion's actually a, a PR agency, and one of our clients is a search agency, so it's a well, you've double-sided You've got a big part to play in search. Absolutely. But we've talked a lot about how search engines are becoming more intelligent. They're delivering des- uh, results directly. We've talked about how social media is actually creating a lot of the content which the search engines are going for. Really, if what is the role of the search agency if brands can just go direct or if brands can go to specific social media agencies or online agencies? You know, what is the role of the traditional SEO agency and would Betfair be using one in five years' time, two years' time?
3: Um, I, uh, I have a whole crew of people who are effectively an agency. I just couldn't get the ROI from working with agencies, just the numbers are too big and also I didn't get the transparency. The other big thing is that because... Because SEO is going into well, obviously, people techies will still carry on building shit websites that are completely unoptimized for search, and that's not going to go away in a hurry. There'll always be a, uh, a business for agencies fixing those problems. In terms of the the, in terms of the footprint, if we call it, that Google like uh, or Google look at to go right. That's an important website. Let's rank it. I really think agency, for me, um, I've just been unhappy on that front, and I've done it for, for myself. And uh, I, one of the things I'm doing much more these days is, for example, um, with my crew, who, are, who number many, um, I'm increasingly putting them into working on forums and such like. Because our SEO stuff is fairly stable, so now I'm getting them to socialize more. So, if you, for example, you're an agency and you want to pick up some nice business and you want to do it well, one of the tips I'd give you, just on practical tips here for people, um, there's a very good site called, company called Raven, uh, Raven SEO. They do a very good CRM link building toolkit. It's absolutely excellent. I love it. Um, It's increased our productivity by about 50%, massive. But the big trick is to find students and people who just naturally hang out on the internet and love writing. You you just find them there and hire them, but put them within a framework so you have a core person anchoring you and then they go out and do the stuff. Now, as long as they know what they're talking about, then you're kind of future-proofed because as long as you steer them in the right place where the right footprints are left, then Google are going to love it. And this is about the conversation and about social engineering and all this kind of thing. So I think the day of going to abroad, inverted commas, and just buying a bucket full of links is uh, gone. And you can do it if you're very clever, but you need to really know your stuff if you're going to
2: play with that stuff. Here's a question. With the rise of SEO and social media agencies, is the PR agency
8: dead? Well, actually, I have a question of exactly that. Um, My name is Abigail Harrison. I I run a PR company. Uh, What is your current opinion of the... High-profile land grab that certain SEO companies are making into the world of PR.
2: The same as I have for the high-profile PR agencies who are making land grab into social media. I mean, no, but I mean, it's it, all that media. I mean, I work for a media agency now. You know, and we're 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 moving into this space. I think you know everyone wants everyone else's lunch. I think I've worked in search for I don't know four five years now or something, and this question has come up every single year. And I think just like search engines are evolving, search agencies are evolving, and the services they're offering are evolving, and PR agencies are evolving. And, you know, I used to work at Engine, which was an integrated communications group. The DM agency made TV ads. The PR agency made TV ads. The ad agency made websites. The digital agency did PR. I I, I, I mean, I I wouldn't like to say that, there's yes, SEO agencies are here forever and a day, but I think... Just like every other form of marketing, they will evolve and find things that they can do for different types of clients in conjunction with different types of agencies. But the idea that they're, you know, oh, well, now that it's all about social media, they're dead, I think is wishful thinking.
9: Um, sorry, we'll, we'll just, we're just talk, talking about. Sorry, can you just say? Oh, where sorry. You're from I'm, and... I'm Wyndham Lewis, I'm responsible for business development at an agency called TMG. Um, I, I'm just interested in. Um, we're talking about, sort of, I suppose, old media, traditional media, old agencies, whatever. I'm very interested in what the panel thinks about um, how much of a free lunch Google gets out of television.
1: Google gives nothing but free lunches. That's all they do for all of their staff. So, how many can? Anybody's opinion
2: on a free lunch out of TV? Before? The, sorry, do you mean in terms of the coverage they get in the PR? And well,
9: No, I think it's very interesting because I, I, I see a lot of agencies and commentators saying TV's dead. Obviously, Google's revenues are far greater now than ITV's. Um, we also have a, a client who makes absolute whoopee out of um, going on TV. You would not believe the e-commerce revenues they get out of very cheap ad spots now. Um, the only thing is, is that their media agency spends an absolute fortune on reinforcing brand around PPC when those campaigns go out on TV. And it's a moot point whether or not you could actually just strip out all the PPC and Google revenues when they go on TV, because I think they'd still probably make quite an earning out of it.
2: But then, of course, what would happen is of course, all your competitors would, I mean, I, I know untold sort of examples of advertisers like, well, we've got an ad on TV. We don't need to put any paid search yeah, because, because that's, people that's... remember our brand name, people remember our slogan, people remember our catchphrase. They won't.
9: But I think that's the sideline. The sideline is is that we, we, we talk very much about search, we talk about mobile, we compartmentalize things, talk about PR, and at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is actually create that ROI and create that investment and TV actually is, is is suddenly becoming a very viable mechanism. And I'm very interested in the sort of like where old media should be integrated into the mix and how much
2: Google and search are taking, if, uh, having that free lunch. Well, obviously, um, as part of an integrated media agency, we consider all channels and uh, old and new media. Um, I can probably comment a little bit. We
3: did a bit of television uh, two years ago, I think, and uh, I think there's talk about more TV coming. Last time round. Uh, what we found was it just had an ambient lift. It was like the tide rose. But we were very organized with all our online, because we're an online business, and our conversion rate increased from registration to funded. But what was really interesting was just, the, 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 just every single channel, our number of new customers rose. It was really weird. It was just like a tide rising. And those TV ads weren't particularly good, And I know there's a lot better stuff coming. And uh, so I just think if you're a big enough brand, uh, it's definitely like a a tide rising. But I've been looking into this whole thing about landing sites for television campaigns recently. What I've noticed is that most big brands don't really give it much heed. It's like if you're Cadbury's or if you're one of the other big brands like that, they just don't really care.
2: They just want you on their front page. I disagree with that entirely. I think Cadbury's is an amazing example of integrating all of their media channels. Their posters have links to their YouTube page. Their website, their TV ads get you to. I mean, the. the, Well, well, all I could talk about was when
3: I I did a whole bunch of searches for landing pages or microsites that related to TV campaigns. I just didn't find much at all. That's because
2: they don't care if you end up on their landing page. If you end end up on their YouTube video, the, Mm. the job's done.
3: That's, yeah, that's well, what I mean. okay. That was a different. Yeah, I'm just going in through a different
2: it's, pathway. It's the, well. con- it's the content and the message and the brand and Cadbury. And I have nothing. To, I wish I had something to do with them. Is mm. brilliant.
3: I, the thing I've been very interested in is the Meerkat campaign and how they've got that lovely little microsite and they've got this interesting pathway between the interesting little cuddly Meerkat thing and hardcore insurance comparison. And uh, I'm involved in a project that's kind of to do all that kind of stuff. So it'll be very interesting to see how TV, uh, how we convert on our TV website, in inverted commas. But as I say, I think it's just a general tide that yeah, rises. Yeah, well, I mean,
1: compare the market, I'd to throw about nine million quids worth of TV at I that one to make, um, to make the Twitter page increase, to make the, the YouTube page increase, to do all of that sort of stuff. So I'm just going to drag this one back a little bit because we're talking about live search, but... TV does have its place. The recent studies that were done said something like 67% of all media will result in a search on a search engine. TV does have a place. It does drive brand impacts and does drive volume of intent to search engines. Um, And it's very interesting, as Kieran and the guys are talking about, as to how marketers then use the content on the search engines to mirror that. Um, I just want to drag it back towards live search, though. We're here to talk about is search dead. Well, uh, Well, it was called live search prior to being... Anybody, nobody really picked up on that fact. It was probably one of the worst uh, marketing campaigns ever done. Um, and new, we've got Yahoo's new TV ad, which is just launched yesterday, which is very intriguing. So go and look that one up on YouTube. Uh, yeah. What's that? Google it. Um, can, can we take the next question from the floor?
8: Um, is it me? Yep. Um, I, I've got so many questions. Can
1: you just say who you are and where uh, you're from? My
8: name's Catherine Crock. I'm a digital media consultant, uh, freelance, work for myself, so for hire. Uh, you know, use that <laughs> opportunity. You it's a sales plug. Absolutely. Um, I've got so many questions. One about deep web. No one's really tackled the deep web. And Tim Berners-Lee and how actually, we, you know, we've got most of the search results that we get are just from this nice upper stuff, but there's still loads of stuff that... Search engines still aren't revealing. So there's a question around that. Don't know if any of you want to deal with that one. Um, URIs, got a question about URIs. Um, how are we going to be dealing with that? Television, so we've mentioned television, but television's now coming on the web. So how are we going to be finding TV content? We've got all the, you know, 2012 digital switchover. What's going to happen? Um, That—that's another question. If you want, interesting
2: is the fact that the web is coming to television. Yeah, absolutely. And if I wasn't and under so NDA, happening? I
1: could give you an idea on
2: how that's going to happen. There.
8: And so, same, and how are we going to be yeah. finding that new content on TV? Because there's going to be so much of it. Um, and I've also got one about visual yeah. search. So that, and there's still the old John Smith problem too. So if I'm John Smith, go I've on. Got pick a one.
1: Pick a question. No, give I, us I, a question. I'll allow
8: any. Of, there's a lot to choose from um, there. I'd love to hear Alan. Alan hasn't said very much.
1: Oh.
0: (laughs) Can somebody get Alan another beer and we'll see if we can loosen up his, uh, and Kieran another beer as well. I, I can do a bit of the deep web. We we did a big study on real time search last year for a client, and, and we worked out there's about three times more value in the deep web than there is in the the real
2: the, the current real time web. You know, the, the consumer stuff is still fairly new. Can, can we can just because just yeah. I'm just a, I'm, I always you yeah. know let's not assume everyone is is up to the same speed. Can yeah. can we define the deep web?
0: It's it's pretty much data that you can't see. It's stuff locked in corporate and other
2: databases that the search
0: engines typically can't get to. The the issue, of course, is motivating all the people who own it to. Put it up there for other people's benefit without getting paid. That's really where the deep web issue comes out. You know, there's lots of lovely, you know, something like train timetables. That's a class. You know, that's starting to emerge. But there's all sorts of wonderful data that people own, but it's a hassle and expensive for them to put it up. There's all oh,
1: but sorts that of comes, That comes down to the company in its own right to produce that but content. You know, you take yeah, somebody like Odeon Cinemas. Mm-hmm. Odeon Cinemas is pushing by a Google yeah. Base all of the cinema listings, mm. all of the times, everything to Google's homepage. So mm. if you go and search Odeon, yeah. you'll get all the cinema times at the top. But that
0: takes yeah. you as a it's, marketer to put that content it, there. It, it, takes, it, it takes vision and foresight. And that, that's, yeah. a, if I may say, that's a fairly obvious application. There's a lot of stuff out there that isn't, it's sort of two orders removed. You won't find a use for it until it's up there mm. and somebody's mashed it with someone else. On the the other question about TV, I don't know if anybody's ever used Twitter to comment on TV while they're watching it and anybody's experienced that. Does anybody remember Juiced? Kieran Norris is one of the world's worst people to do that. If you ever follow,
1: follow at Kieran J on Twitter, you will get some of the most random stuff coming out of somebody in the UK on an ongoing basis when the television is switched on.
0: Sorry. So does anybody... Hands up who remembers Juice. Do you remember they were a very hot property about, oh, two years ago? So they're, they're, they're gone now. Um, they're, they're a Deadpool company. But they what they hoped to do was show you TV, and then you would interact with TV on their platform. Turns out it didn't work that way. We watched TV from the old media suppliers, and we used Twitter and that to talk to our friends about how it worked. So, you know, there's the BBC question time and all that. and, and that's, So we're using the technology ourselves. We're adopting it to, to make it work. So... I, I don't think TV is dead. I think, as we said earlier on, it, it's still—it's—it's it's a bit like Google Search. It's—it's it's one of the bigger, big sort of eight hundred pound gorillas. It doesn't go somewhere. What we do know, though, is that web TV, as, as a web experience, is extremely compelling. Uh, every time you play with it, every time you experiment with it, it, it works. We've done sort of social media or web two makeovers for clients of so web one and you, you, know, you stick out the blog, you stick out the social media and you stick out the web TV program. I can tell you the web TV program is the thing that really resonates. I love the point about raising the boats. It does that. It also attracts if you've got the right sort of audience, quite high um, CPMs compared to other web properties. That's, that's quite interesting. So I don't think TV is going in and so, sorry, Catherine, I don't get the John Smith one. I thought that was a brand of beer or. Two page, two page sorry? Two page, two page relevancy.
8: Most people only look maximum two pages into a search. So they, John Smith, they're
0: they're it is beer, little.
8: obviously, but it could also be a person that's, you know, there's so many John Smiths in the world, yeah. we're not getting necessarily relevant, the relevant okay. John Smith, just but, the best SEO'd John oh, Smith. Gotcha. People oh, gotcha. are gotcha.
2: revolving around that, as so Nick they, touched on at the yeah. beginning, oh, that, that mm. search queries are getting longer, that, that people go, John Smith, like they go, so you, go, you search for a car, yeah. and then you're like, actually, no, I want car insurance. Actually, no, I want car insurance for my Mazda. Actually, no, I want car insurance for my Mazda in London. And, Yada yada. Should people have to do that? Probably not. Will the search engines evolve? Maybe if they don't, if they don't need to, why would they bother?
0: Uh, I mean, the other thing about that comes back to the whole thing about um, predictive and s- search and filtering. I mean, I don't know if anybody remembers the term context-based search that was very fashionable about eighteen months ago. That was that was that issue, which was if there's n John Smiths, how do I know the one that I want? Well, the system has to know more about you to work out what you In fact, I, I believe that real-time search will will need to integrate very closely with whatever emerges from context-based search, because you can't do a real-time search on a big ecosystem. It's technically impossible, so you have to be very, very precise about what you're looking for, um, and thus you're going to have to understand more and more about what the searcher is actually looking for, how they're structuring themselves what, and what they want to do. Question in the back?
5: Hello. Uh, Peter Roach, currently between jobs, looking for work, but
1: she's already done that. Um, <laughs> I'm just interested... Good punt, good punt, though. uh, Good to see you, Peter, anyway.
5: Whether uh, real-time search could possibly be the saviour of uh, old media and Rupert Murdoch with uh, Trinity uh, buying into ultra-local search, as they call it, which is basically they get Mrs. Miggins, who's got a cat stuck up a tree, to blog about it and then link through to their ordinary sites. Whereas if Murdoch bought Twitter, bunged autonomy behind it, and then made it a subscription service to a fuller story could it could it save
1: old old media yeah well I'm going to hand this one over to Kieran because if you ever watch Kieran presented shows Kieran gratuitously plugs a certain video which I'll let him tell you all about which talks about this
2: oh Epic 2015 yeah exactly I mean this, this is it's a, and by the way go, if you google Epic 2015 it's a very interesting video about the future of media and where it might end up and it's a bit out of date now because it was made a couple of years ago but um, the one thing I'd say on that is that I know that this is Jeff Jarvis's idea for the future of uh, of publishing is, to, is hyperlocal, and he's come up with he wants to create an X Prize where people who can make hyperlocal publishing work and, and and yada yada yada. But it it still doesn't support the kind of infrastructure you need. Yes, you can get Mrs. Miggins doing that, but if you want to have uh, an office in Beijing reporting on on the elections there, and you want to have an office in um, Tehran reporting on on the, on the, the riots there. A hyperlocal and the revenues it's likely to bring don't, don't fix that and, and God, if I knew the answer to that then I'd be knocking on Murdoch's door Anybody else want to add to that? Or? No? <pimples> if Murdoch
1: had to be a professional behind all those
8: Twitter
5: entries about that
1: story then that would be you know, the subscription to the better quality content
5: yeah. we have these,
2: Do you know germs? quite how good the NUJ are at their jobs? The amount of holidays and pension and benefits that I used to have when I worked in publishing was amazing. So the problem is, is that journalism is expensive, and I just the the ad revenue doesn't appear to be there. And I, and I think Twitter is an interesting way for them to get more traffic to their sites. But I, you know, The Guardian Unlimited is is losing money hand over fist. They all are. And, and so. uh, sorry. Well, the FT is very. The FT is entirely different. The FT is not uh, a journalism business. The FT is an ana- analysis business, as is the Economist. And and this is the this is the mistake that Murdoch makes is that he equates I bought the Wall Street Journal and they provide high co- high con- um, high value analysis and content and therefore people are willing to pay for it. Therefore, they'll be willing to pay for the Sun. The, the, it's it's apples and oranges. It's entirely different.
6: But you'll accept the ship for free. Sorry. You'll accept the ship for free.
2: Well, yeah, you won't pay for it. That's the thing. I mean, you might pay for people will pay for page three. I'd I'd argue, but the rest of it, and also, I mean, let's be honest. We're going off topic into publishing here, but as long as the BBC is putting out high quality content free of charge, the rest of them are buggered.
7: I'm going to pick up on that and also bring it a little bit back to TV as well. Can we Um, uh, have
1: where you're from and who you are? Yeah,
7: sorry. So I'm uh, Agent Drew. I'm a broadcast analyst with Obam. so I just came back from IBC a couple of weeks ago, um, and a uh, big thing in, from every middleware platform there at IBC, everybody's got personalized recommendation engines built into their TV platforms. Because if we think that TV is going to carry on being a channelized experience, forget it, because all the pay TV platforms are out there, and they would love to deliver you a personalized search, recommendation-driven service. Now, obviously, the thing about TV, you've got no alphanumeric keypad. Yep, you're the search, your 92.7% of your web experience that is search-driven, that suddenly changes because really you want to drive that through a personalized, um, social media-driven experience. And uh, as you've got guys that are trying to build brands around personalized service on TV, these guys are also understanding that personalized service is a way of doing that on the web as well. Do we think that driving search onto TV and the technologies that are being driven around that are going to shift the way that search is treated on the web as well.
2: The only thing I'll say on that, and because I've said it far too much, is that alphanumeric keypads will be, remote controls will be with us next year. They're in, they're in design. I've, I've seen the, 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 the sort of... the did,
0: sir, but did, did you see the stuff at IBC where they were showing you how to program your thing using iPhones and that? Yeah. Yeah, now that, that to me is what's going to happen. People are just going to use their mobiles and and they'll preset it and so on and so forth
7: but, but, but IBC
0: always has a trend every year you know last sure. year it was I forget what it was last year but you know, there's a trend every year everybody gloms onto it and everybody pretends to do whatever it is that's But there, there.
7: there's this really interesting thing about the um, interaction between your lean forward and your lean back experience I know it's a really overused type term yep, but if you've got a guy that's coming and sitting down at the end of the day in front of his TV yep, does he really want to go out and type in a uh, text entry into the search string yep, or does he want a personalized experience
1: Well, it's an interesting question. I mean, at the end of the day, let's let's bring this back to live. I mean, I keep talking live. It's Bing, it's Microsoft, whatever you want to call it. That's
6: missing the point. It's not
1: live. It's about discovery. No, no, but I want to bring this back into a discussion around about live time search, and we'll we'll tie TV into that, and somebody's phone just rang over the... um, So that was quite intriguing. Um, Microsoft has a TV platform. Microsoft has a search platform. You know, can they bring the two together to create... A live time, you know, effectively live search facility within those products. Can they integrate and can they bring those together? We're talking a lot about TV, and we're, lo- we're talking a lot about TV driving traffic to the search engines. But that's not really live. That's not live search. Can they integrate the platform? They did it with in-game advertising. They created the ability for people who were playing on Xbox to be served personalized, lifetime advertising as they played the game. Can they? You know, will that happen with the TV platform? Will it not? You know, that's any thoughts on that, guys?
0: Well, technically you can't because TV is a broadcast medium. The only way you can get a, a personalized service is, is to put it onto some form of, of um, one-to-one or one-to-many service. So I, I think that, you know, that sure, the, um, lots of the pay-per-view uh, services can, can segment their audience, but the end game for anything personalized has to be uh, some form of Internet-based TV. And yeah. as
1: you so know, as Kieran mentioned, we're talking about TV being on the Internet. Or you know TV effectively becoming the internet. Where does that take us? Well, from then, the then you of then you life? hit
0: the two issues. You've got one business model that says people have to have yet another set top box, means that the TV provider has to subsidise. Yeah. The cost goes up. The other model is you get it over your laptop or you get free TV, but that's not nearly as controllable, so it's it's not nearly as good. And that's when you get people making their own decisions. And I think that's where the the live search, the separate live search engine starts to come into its own because it then goes over the top of the commercial services and like like with bypassing Google, it just points directly back to what it is your co of friends think you should be watching.
4: I mean, I think we definitely agree that traditional TV and obviously even like we have the digital TV kind of roll out at the moment, like it's a really short-term thing. TV's definitely going to go to the web. It's definitely going to be a user kind of on-demand experience and and you're right I think you will get a lot of personalization with that and, and, and that personalization, how, how TV companies can do that is going to come from like your search data what are you really interested in where are you based who are your friends on social media what did they watch oh you've gone to like you know BBC iPlayer like, all of your friends on their social media accounts all watch this one kind of series it's quite likely you're going to want to watch the same one so I think that search is going to be the linchpin that kind of makes everything hang together and this is why it's really really important it's still going to be really really powerful across all media.
6: Can I ask a question on that? Sorry, just talking about, again, I keep banging on about discovery, but for me it's not about real-time search. It's about um, my peer group. Uh, Twitter is the hot property on the web um, because uh, it points you towards information that other people um, that are authority find interesting. Um, So how does that... You talk about kind of emergent trends um, in... Um, sort of mapping that or marking it up um, what do the panel think um, is, is the interesting stuff that's going on I'm thinking about things like APML uh, TweetML tweet um, things that actually allow uh, the profiling of information uh, your peer group, authority uh, markup to deliver a, a kind of much more personalised relevant um, search experience although I think search is dead, long live discovery I, th- I, th-
2: I think, I think I, I, kind, I kind of agree with you. I'm going, to, I'm going to do a teddy here. Some of you agree with, some of it I don't. I, th- I think, I think what people often talk about you know the future research is about personalization, and that comes from your peer group. If I listen to my peer group, I'd be listening to Coldplay. That's why I don't listen to my peer group. I listen to certain individuals. I think a better example would be, and again, it comes back to Epic 2015. So I definitely recommend you go and look at it. Is Amazon's recommendation engine, which is not based on what my peer group. Are, are looking for, but what people who have looked at similar things to me, who may have no connection with me in my social graph whatsoever, are interested in. So you bought this, therefore you might like this. Not your friends bought this, therefore you might like this, because I might be friends with them despite the fact that they've got terrible taste in music. And um, yeah, I, I, I think that I think this idea Profiling, that isn't it? That's it, it is it is about, about profile. Yeah, no, I, I'm not. Yeah, I, I, I just, I just think that the, the ter- I don't just, yeah, I'm just saying, I think the terminology. I think we we need to be careful that some people sort of say it's all about what your social graph is, is interested in. That's how, and that's, and that, and therefore QED. That's why Twitter or Facebook are, are, are going to be are going to be the winners. I think it's whoever can look at um, people who look at type X look at look at going to like type Y. I think the other thing to say again, and I, I, it's it's possibly part of our bubble, but I'm not disagreeing that, that TV is going to go to the web. I, I I don't disagree with that at all, but that isn't necessarily next year. And, and whilst we all need to be uh, you know, thinking about what's three years hence, I think in the, near, in, the, in the near future, it's more likely to be potentially web coming to the TV because it's slightly cheaper. And I think if you look at sort of, again, you obviously you made the very good point about um, you can't do this with broadcast, it has to be one-to-one. And yes, sky is massive and satellite is massive, but what's been even bigger is free view, which is because it's cheap and it's simple. And that is not a personalised... Um, service. So, I, 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 again, I think with TV like the web, it's going to be more evolutionary rather than revolutionary. And I think there's, there's stages between everyone watching TV on the web, and I think part of that is going to be probably people accessing parts of the web through their TV. And, and whether that then is discovery, search, whatever, I, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. But I think, again, if, if you're working for a client, you need to not only be aware of what's happening in three years, but what's happening next year, because that's the thing you need to be thinking about right now.
7: Just, just a quick point on, on timings. I mean, I think it's, it's very tempting to think that um, personalized TV services are way out there. Yep, that we are a long, long way away from it. But, you know, but let's be real about this. You know, guys in the U.S. are doing loads of experiments with this already. They have public services out there today. Um, and then at the end of next year, we're going to have a Canvas here in the market uh, by the end of 2010, time for Christmas, and that will be a
2: hybrid box that will be there in the so market. So let's, you know, let's, let's wait till they get through the, you know... I think
0: the technology. The technology's been there for two, three years. We rolled a company out of startup mode two years ago. We helped, and it was doing you know, that sort of personalization. The issue is there's just not that many users yet. I, you know, broadband, the sort of broadband that does good video, is still not that hugely penetrated, even in the US and the UK, and, and sort of the more advanced. In fact, it's more. You have to see what's going on in Korea more to see what's going to happen sure. with TV. Uh, than any than European or US uh, country. I, I think just the point I'd make is the, the interesting thing about real time search is the, the, what, what happens when you've got a world full of web TV, what does the EPG the, you know, the, the program guide look like when I mean, there's zillions of channels and that's where I think real time search and web TV start to come together. I, I didn't see much of that at IBC this year so I, I, no doubt next year that will be the, the hot topic because that, that's the issue at the moment a Question at the back by the bar
7: Hey, guys. Um, my name's Miss A. Richards. I'm from MR Media Group, and we deal with startups and disruptive technologies a lot. And um, one of my good friends is Jeff Polver, who was one of the early investors in Twitter. Um, he's got a big thing that next year we've got Google Wave coming on the scene, and I'd just like to hear what your thoughts are on Google Wave and what it'll mean for brands and search.
2: If, if someone can explain Google Wave to me in less than five minutes in a way that makes sense to someone who doesn't have a degree <laughs> in IT, I'll buy it. It's very cool. It's go. from Google. It's Google built. Yes, so was Google Wiki, so was Noel. So, I mean, you know, Google Maps worked, the rest, I don't know. I, I'm a cynic, I don't know. I, I'll, I'll wait, I'll wait and see on that one myself. It's official, wait.
1: just for the podcast, Kieran Norris hates Google.
2: No, I, I love Google. No, <laughs> see, this, this is the thing. Google make my life better every day, and, and, and barely a day goes past that I'm not amazed by, they do things that I wasn't expecting. But what I don't necessarily need is something that integrates IM, chat, forum, email, messaging, whatever else it does. But when they tell me, when the first time they told me the weather results there on the page, I loved them. I, I, I just don't, I, I, I don't see this yearning need for whatever it is the hell that Wave does. For what it's
0: I'm, worth, FriendFeed didn't succeed, and that was my view was an attempt to do that.
2: I saw
3: a video recently about Wave. Um, is it Lindstrom? The, the Swedish brothers, that were, they were doing a present, presentation on, uh, on it. Um, I, for, I, I, Kieran's right. You try and say what it is in five minutes, you, you're lucky, I mean, or you're very clever about describing things. One of the cool things about Wave, by the way, just that I do remember, was that when you're typing in real time, you can see the words being typed in real time. So there's a whole lot of like, really instantaneous stuff going on, which is kind of cool. The big thing I thought about it on a high level is that it helps communication. And then this goes back to what I've been saying all evening, actually, that markets are conversations. And anyone who doesn't know Cluetrain.com, maybe you should go and check it out because it was the beginning of this whole big idea. Or at least it was a a marking point for this big idea that's evolved since then. But, um, yeah, I think it's about bringing people together I don't know if it's going to work but it's certainly very cool and um, all the Googlers were just screaming and loving it and lots of clapping and stuff so obviously they love it
2: does, does anyone remember what day I hate I'd hate to be a cynic here does anyone re- what, remember what day it was that the Google announced wave <laughs> anyone else remember any other news that came out that day was it the launch of Bing? Bing. Was it the launch yeah. of Bing? Would, surely they wouldn't launch a product just to screw another one up. I mean, because not like they did that with Wolfram Alpha and then three days later launched their, their answer service. They, wouldn't, they would never dream of doing that.
1: Yes, they did. Any more questions in the room? Oh, one here at the front, this gentleman. That's nice an easy for you. That's the easiest microphone you've had yet tonight. You've been all over the place.
7: Hi, uh, Lance Concanon, the the, uh, digital planner with Immediate Future, an online PR agency. Um, The impression I get from live search or real-time search is it's all very much people looking for current current events, um, you know, what's buzzy today. With that in mind, do you really think there's much of a place for brands in live search or there's any real kind of commercial opportunity?
3: Um, Yeah, depending on what you do. So, imagine sports stuff, obviously bookies, bet fair, and all that kind of thing. Then, yes, in theory, you could be pimping out live odds or whatever. I mean, you can do that anyway now. But Yahoo inf- used to let you do that as well. So. Yeah, they did, actually. That's yeah. right. I a, actually did it for you, yeah. Nick, but you didn't realize I that. I do remember. No, I do remember. I remember. I remember. Um, Yes, there probably is. But the trouble is, if you're a boring brand, you've got nothing to say, and you're not in touch with the big memes that are floating around the place, then probably not. But just one of the things I do want to say, the thing I feel about real-time search is, if you, I, I love my visual metaphors, so here we go. Imagine a landscape. There are mountains on the landscape. Now, big memes, as in big ideas that are floating around, like the Iranian... like the, uh, the There was a big thing in... Um, uh, begins with the name, Moldova, that's right, girl who works uh, in our team, Moldova, lots of fighting, Twitter, go there, she was just totally immersed in a war that, or in, in scrappings that were hundreds of miles, thousands of miles away. So in other words, you get you get the coalescing of memes much faster, and it's therefore, obviously much with real-time search, you can just immerse yourself in whatever's going on right now, and, and the big trick with search is to be able to chop that down into little chunks so that if there's a meme floating around about, say, I don't know, a sewage outbreak on the River Thames. Well, if you do a lot of canoeing and stuff as I do, and I'm on the river quite a lot, that kind of matters, and I, I'd love to know about that. So, um, But I, it's down to, is your brand interesting for your for your average user? And one of the things that's been really interesting for me over the last year and a half has been doing a lot of stuff on social bookmarking, um, Dig and Reddit and places like that. And you really get a feel for just what's hot, what, what's hot when... But the thing I found was that you get a ton of drive-through traffic, but they're not joining. So this is where, again, I go back to this thing about social is the conversation. Real time is great for helping you get involved in the conversation. If there's something bad going on with a brand... Do you remember the Firestone issue many years ago? Car tires blowing up on trucks. Now, before the internet came along, they could have probably buried that. But they couldn't because the internet was here. Today, if that same thing happened, you would certainly know about it. And I just feel that on reputation management, the big threat for brands is actually not cocking up and doing something stupid because that bad news will travel like absolute wildfire. And the trouble is the good stuff will probably get buried because no one's that interested unless they go into a search engine and type in mortgages and loans. And then you pay £10 a click and uh, that's about it.
1: I think to pick up just on the search engine from the live search perspective, it's heavily about content. It's very, very, if you've got the content, you can produce the content and drive it to the search engines. You know, you look at something like Google News, going back to the publishers and the big newspapers, they're getting crawled probably on a five-minute basis by Google ongoing, so they can actually take content and actually produce it to a web page and push it into Google News and actually have that content there breaking as news within about 15 minutes. But so. you know,
3: I've got to just say something. I hear a lot of agencies say that kind of thing to me. I, I deal with a lot of content provision agencies and they say, We'll do you, we'll do some great content for you, you know, we'll produce this, you give us a brief, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? It's just boring and no one cares. So we employ people who are rabid gamblers who are good writers who are... Their
2: habits well, hey, outrageous.
3: the point Rain is the gamble. people we talk to understand because there's a very subtle... You know we talk about the internet gen, the net gen coming through? They understand the very fine subtleties of the internet language, we call it. And they can spot bullshit a mile away. And so when brands just try and do a convenient thing where they just pay off a content agency to, to, to produce content, to push out to the marketplace, to Google News, to drive traffic you know what, it just ain't going to fly. It kind of might just fly at the moment, but the door is closing fast. And this is why I say about the truth and about, about really doing your very best to help people. And so for my own part, I'm doing what I can. I've got a load of people out there. If you search for Betfair Guy, you'll see. He's on the forums and he's making himself useful. And that's the best I can do, just to help our conversation with our community. And by the way, that's what will promote word of mouth. And I think the big thing for the future on real-time search and all this kind of thing is the spread of word of mouth. I think we're going back to a time now where word of mouth absolutely matters and where people, if they have good stories, that matters for a brand. And so you've got to really take care of these evangelists. And that's another project I'm on. But anyway, enough of that.
6: Nick, do you think that uh, that meme grows and travels faster because people spend less time searching?
3: I don't understand. What do you mean? Less time searching Less as in time
6: searching. They're spending more time on Twitter. They're spending more time digging. They're spending more time on Reddit. Yeah, They're spending you know, more I, time on Newsline. If you go that, to
1: the Guava. Um, people are spending more time searching.
3: I agree. And if you look at these stu- stats here, you know, you look at. Uh, Teddy's got his stats out again. Yeah, if you look at social. Yeah, you know, 0.55%. It's like the no follow thing. You know, in SEO, we think the world is no follow. But the reality is, I believe, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, I think it's about 10% of all links on the whole internet are nofollow. Mm-hmm. It's like just a little, little tiny percentile of, of the whole thing. So it's very easy for us digital people to think that the world thinks like we do. But frankly, you talk to your average Joe in Southampton or Blackpool, or say you say Twitter, they go, what are you on about, mate? Not in a, in a more Blackpool accent, but you know what I'm saying? It's just they don't care. We care because it's our industry. So I just think it's all noise. Sorry? All
6: the examples you stated were ones that broke
3: on Twitter. Yeah, well, that's what the, because it's easy to talk about it. I don't really do Twitter that much. I, my, my epiphany with Twitter was I was at a conference for Word, WordPress. I'm a big WordPress fanboy. And we suddenly had a little chat room that was using Twitter. And I thought that was cool. So it was the evolution, the rapid evolution of a social structure using this thing that was ubiquitous. I thought that was cool. And this is like the power of memes on real-time search. It's very interesting. And the, the clever part is to be able to use, for search engines, to be able to find out exactly what I like so that I can find out about, I don't know, pollution on the, on the Thames because the ship is, boat has broken down or something. Has anybody actually been twittering in here tonight?
1: No? <laughs> See? Oh, there's one. There's a gentleman here. Thank you. It's not very often you actually go to a conference these days and not find, you know, scores of people sat in the audience twittering.
2: No signal. No signal. signal. Damn. And, And there we go. See, seriously, all of our talk of changing the future, we're in a bar in the cellar. We're screwed.
4: When they fix that, maybe the rest will happen. I don't know. I guess coming back to this whole thing about social feeding into search as well, I think what's really, really important is we, we talk about Twitter a lot, we talk about stumbled upon. like these, like like social interaction on the web is not a new thing, it's not a recent trend, like the very earliest iterations of the internet were all about social interaction, like the very first communications were email, and then you had like bulletin boards and chat rooms all they are is kind of, in themselves they're evolutions of things that have been around for a very, very long time, like like predating search engines to some degree um, so I think you know, the web as a whole is evolving and I think the, the social channels are going to evolve, I think the search engines are going to evolve I think the way we present data to the search engines is going to, are going to evolve and overall I think the web is going to become a, like a much richer experience yeah. and, and I, think, I think you tell you it's a very interesting point there
2: and, and it kind of goes to my, my earlier thing about to Nick of what's going to replace links is that if you look at things like the, ever, has anyone used the Forrester groundswell tool so Forrester have got this great bunch of data about how people interact with social media and they break them up into critics, creators, joiners, you know, uh, sort of... And, then, and people who just observe social media content. And in just about every age demographic, including sort of 18 to 24, in just about every gender, in just about every country that they've scanned, which is kind of the, 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 the West, so to speak, or the developed world, most people use social media to consume content and they're not creating and they're not bookmarking or any of these things and therefore... If people are only consuming it and not voting on it or digging it or linking out to it, what signals are the search engines meant to use other than things like links? I think, I think the amount of people who, who do this is still very small. Although, interestingly, of course, Twitter has made it so much easier. And I think that's why it's so interesting in that it no longer you no longer have, a, have to have a blog to send a link. You just have to have a mobile phone. But it is still a minority.
5: I mean, search engines already do uh, measure the consuming... Of uh, of media and content as part of their ranking algorithms. I mean, that's 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 fundamental to the way.
2: Yeah they, yeah, they they look at the back button and they look at time spent on site and all those sort of things. But that's once someone's found the site. I think I, I just think in terms of the the other signals around linking or or posting them or, or those uh, links are still of those types of, of signal are probably still the best ones. Personally, yeah.
4: Yeah. any thoughts,
3: Nick? Um, uh, yeah. Well. Okay, so links probably aren't going to go away. they'll probably be around, but I just think their efficacy is going to go down but also, if you bear in mind the the what happens on the search page if if you get a a, a particular page on a on a ranking for a keyword and people are just bouncing straight out of it and let's assume Google can tell, then they're going to say, well, of all those pieces of content, that's the one that people aren't loving, so let's get rid of it. So that's a signal that doesn't involve links. It's just user data.
2: Yeah, no, no, I'm not arguing and, with that. Yeah, like, no, I, I, I think still think that links are probably more Oh, yeah, they're, they're not going
3: one. to go away, but I just, I just, personally, I just think spamming the engines is going to get more and more difficult, and I think it's going to get, we're going to get much more into getting the message out to influence hotspots. And uh, this is why I'm taking social very seriously, but probably not in the way most people think. I'm much more interested in things like forums and places like that where people have, are entrenched, where there are really tight-knit social gatherings where you have key influencers who can persuade people to do stuff. So uh, yeah, I'm, trying not to, I'm trying to get off the, the, the search drug, actually. <laughs> It's just, you can't put all your eggs in that basket. It's just too dangerous. And, totally and agree. They're a public company. Their remit is to make more money. And you know that, that there's a balance between users loving them and they're making money. If they overdo it, like as has happened on other engines in the past, by just promiscuous use of too much advertising and whatnot and, and irrelevant searches, then the users go away and they make less money. So I just think Google are one they're lovely cuddly people as individuals but as an organization they're a monster they are the most commercially aggressive organization i think i've ever seen and they do it in such a nice way that i still love them
2: it's like the borg with a fluffy face isn't it? it really is like the borg like with a fluffy borg.
1: face it is yeah. just it have is. interest anybody from google in tonight that's fine we can say whatever we want to say then Just don't Twitter. Yeah? Yeah. just yeah don't twitter anything officially we all love google uh, any more questions on the floor? Because we're getting pushed for time. We're at our resident Twitterer. Uh, can you <laughs> announce yourself and where you're from?
7: Uh, my name's Matthew Bragg. I'm from uh, Unica. Um, one, one is an observation, and I've got a two-part question. So it, it's an interactive world, so it's difficult to challenge audiences and not come back on you. Uh, search.twitter.com, Hudson River, crash photo, first link. So just to come back on that uh, statement you made earlier. Uh, question. Question. Um, do you want no, to let him you know, respond the, or if not? If you're going to throw it out, you can't find it, and it comes up the first link, you know, it's interesting. What side
3: was the first rank? What was ranked that first?
2: For
7: that was the first link. It was the photo was the first, the first tweet to come back. Came oh, back. sorry, right.
2: Interesting. But, um, well, it's, okay, I'll, the only thing I'll say in that is, you know what, I'm wrong, whatever, but, but um, Twitter still, Twitter's still it's, its ranking algorithm is based on chronology. That's why we
9: have hashtags.
2: Which most our, people don't use. In
7: our Twitter world. Well, yeah. Um, so what's the next trend do you think that's going to impact upon search? And given the rate of change, do you think search analysts are going to be able to keep up?
1: Let's have an answer from everybody straight down the line. Do you want to filtering. start us off on? Uh,
0: filtering. There's too much. It, you, you need to filter the stuff now. That, that's the big thing, and that's really, it's absolute infancy. Um, yeah, up, up till now, all of the game has been about getting search results and some sort of relevance. Uh, from now on, it's all about... I suppose some of it's early filtering, but that's going to be the big problem now.
5: Um, I'm going to say structured data, um, search engines using uh, knowledge of the world, structured uh, database-driven content uh, in addition to unstructured content like web pages.
4: I was going to say, it's a, like a bit of the two, basically. I, think, I definitely think um, like the big change is going to be webmasters making more content available in structured formats, which is going to help search engines understand it better. But I think from the user side, from the query side, it's definitely going to be like social and, and other like data feeds like helping search engines understand the queries much, much better. So you, you will get like, yeah, much better results.
3: Um, I, uh, you probably noticed, I try and bring this down to like what, how it affects you. I just think you're going to have to pay more for prominence. They're going to get more of your wallet, I'm afraid, and yeah. they're going to commit war. They're doing outright. The war on spam
2: has only just begun. It's going to get
3: more and more aggressive.
2: Uh, I'm going to go with mobile. I mean, Japan, mm-hmm. Korea, already more more internet access is via mobile than via PC. South Africa, I think it's the same. Most of sub-Saharan Africa will be the same in the next couple of years. Uh, as, as iPhone, we know what, it's going to be on every network apart, apart from three. So anyone who spent £200 on an iPhone, sorry, it's going to get cheaper, and that's going to change everything.
1: That throws it out to the iPhone guys in the room. Just to pick, I mean, just to pick up I totally, where Kieran's coming from. I mean, places like in the Far East at the minute have like about one hundred and twenty percent mobile phone penetration compared to population. So it's a huge. There's more mobile phones than people. 110% here, but it's one hundred and ten percent here. Just an interesting thing about Korea: you, um, panels all the way of a search engine called Naver. Yeah. yeah, which is the biggest search engine in Korea. The audience of Naver. Ah, but what Naver does is Naver chooses not to allow Google to index any of its content. So Naver actually produces itself a community and actually says, here's a community where people in Korea can interact in their own world, and Google's not allowed into that world. And that's why they still stand as the number one search engine in Asia. Chances of that happening in the UK, panelists? New startup, new
2: thing, new change? It's, it's, but it's not just that it's, the, it's just look at Google I mean we, we, I know we, we talk about Google because yes they have 60% or whatever it is globally but look at Asia and, and that is where the future of the world is right I mean Europe is Europe is dead America is dying uh, it, it is, come on. I mean, we're talking 100 years from now. Come, uh, let's stir it up a bit, it's getting late. But seriously, and, and, and if you look at you look at share, and, and what is it, Baidu is biggest in China by a long way. Naver is biggest in, in, in Korea by a long way. And I believe in most of those markets, Yahoo or MSN is second. Google is kind of second or distant third in most of those. So I, I, again, we obsess about Google because we live in the UK, we live in Western Europe. And I think if you work for a, a, a company or a brand that exists outside of of Western Europe, we need to start thinking of things other than Google and of things other than the desktop PC. Kind of says it all, really.
1: Um, any more questions on the floor? Because I'm going to start to wrap this one up because we're, we're getting to the point where it's nearly time for us to shut up and allow you guys to come and talk to us and uh, you know, rant at us or disagree with us or any opinions. I just want to give the opportunity for the floor to have any more opinions. No? Everybody's kind of all questioned out and sort of slowly subduing under the, uh, the content of lager or wine or anything that's been consumed. So I'm going to start to sum this up. I mean, there's been a lot of discussion. There's been a lot of things talked about. Tonight, we've talked about live search. We've talked about TV. We've talked about Google, Microsoft, Yahoo, what's happened in the past, what's going to happen in the future. I just want to bring it right the way back to the context of search is dead, long live search. We've all kind of agreed, disagreed and thought about it a little bit, and had our opinions on lots of Twitter-orientated things. Um, where's it going to go? You know, If we think about the next 12 months, are we going to see a massive shift in how live content is indexed by search engines? And kind of give me your quick opinions as a panelist on each. You know? So next 12 months, is anything going to happen? Are we going to have to practically change, or are we talking about three years from now, five years from now, so I'll start with Alan. I just want to get your opinion, quick opinion. What's the big shift in the next 12 months, if any, or is it going to be a longer haul before we start to see search engines taking live search content or live search just standing in its own right?
0: Well, I think if you look at what Google's done in the last six months, they've moved extremely quickly to increase the speed at which they index. So I think they're taking it quite seriously. Our view is that it's, it's small, but it's batting above its weight, in terms of impact and influence and so on and and it is growing fairly rapidly albeit from a small base so I I think that doesn't go away I think traditional search which was Google is is also changing quite radically as much more types of media uh, hit the the interwebs and also as competitors start to become serious people like Bing and that, so I, I think it's going to be a more confused environment for the next year, Google's still the big player, make no mistake, TV's still the big mainstream media but you know, what you're starting to see now is, is a sort of changing of the guard. Google's technology is 15 years old now. It's, it's starting to creak, and the question is, you know, are they going to really be able to do it again? You know, I think we said earlier on that they're just the cuddly borg, and to my mind, that's really what they're, they're becoming the incumbent. They're now becoming defensive. They're buying the, in, the, the innovation rather than making it themselves. So I think they slip into the, the, the sort of incumbent role, and, and the innovation is being done by the new guys. And at some point in the next X years, where X is probably greater than three, the new Google appears.
5: Um, I think I disagree with that. I think Google constantly innovates like every search engine. I think uh, to say that their technology is, is 10 years old or more is, is, is absurd. I think they've been changing it and evolving it continuously um, for their entire history. Um, and they will continue to do so, as will all the other search engines. Um, if there's a changing of the guard, uh, I'm, I'm not saying that won't happen. I think it may well happen, but it will be due to a hard-fought fight um, with, with technology um, as far as real-time search is concerned, I think six months is about the, the longest it will take before a real-time search becomes more prominent in mainstream search engines, but it will still be a minor, relatively minor feature of mainstream search engines. Um, Bing already includes tweets. Um, if you type in a celebrity into Bing, um, they've already identified Twitter IDs of celebrities. You get at the top of the screen their recent tweets if they identify celebrities who have a- an active Twitter account. That's already part of the Bing Bing product. Um, if that's valuable to users, they will retain it. If it's valuable to users, other search engines will adopt it. It's not easy. Twitter. It's not. It's not difficult. Twitter has an API. From an engineering and technical point of view, it's not difficult. Um, uh, all the search engines index content as fast as they need to if, if, if tweets become more and more useful and more and more valuable in terms of enhancing user experience in a search engine they will index them faster and faster there's no great technical barrier to them doing so um, I, I think six months is the kind of uh, kind of uh, lead time for, for, for change like that if at the moment it becomes obvious that it's valuable
4: I mean obviously we've had um, Google introducing sort of blended in universal um, search results um, I think going forward over the sort of next 12 months, I think we're going to see that evolve more, we'll see the experience on Google become, as you suggest, more split into to different types of search from informational to, to product. And, and I think to keep up with how they are going to like evolve Google, I think that webmasters are going to have to start changing the way they present their data online to provide more structured data to to optimise their sites to feature very well in, in, in basically the new version. Um.
3: I think what matters for people who uh, just do marketing with Google is that it's going to get more... This caffeine update is the big thing that I keep going on about. And it's like we haven't really seen the change yet because from what I understand, I'm not that techy, but I understand that it's new framework and then same old layer on top of framework. So in other words, the software, is, the algo is roughly the same, but uh, the this thing is sitting on a turbocharged monster truck now and it's only a matter of time before they start turning on bits, more bits and more bits and more bits and so the algo is just going to get, over the next year it's going to get a lot more sophisticated and for my own part, for a lot of my big strategy stuff the window, the old school window that I'm seeing the links and this and that and the other, I think it's going to be shutting, that door will be nearly shut in a year's time and so I've got to get to where I want to go in a year's time and then hope that I can stay there thereafter. So I just think it's all going to cost... If you've got a client, they're going to have to pay more for prominence and they're going to have to get more clever about how they do whatever they do on the Internet. And they're also going to have to make sure they build websites that Google wants because if you want their traffic, you have to work within their framework. So, uh, But that does you know, that's not, not new, but... I just think the door is closing and caffeine is the reason and uh, there we have it. Yes.
1: i tell you, that means you agree with them all. That's okay. Right. All it leaves for me to say then is uh, thank you very much for attending. Um, there's plenty of time left. There's plenty of time to have a few more beers, a few more pints, a few more glasses of wine. As I, I know it's a Tuesday night, but come on, guys. Let's uh, embrace the moment, embrace Search and have a couple more because Search was built on beer alone. Um, I'd like to thank um, Alan, Kieran, Nick, Teddy, William um, for a very, very informative panel and uh, I hope that you will agree with me. It's been very, very interesting. So thank you very much, guys. Uh, Quick applause for the panelists.
0: Chinwag Live, Search is Dead, Long Live Search was held at the Slug and Lettuce in Soho, London on 29th September 2009 and was a Chinwag production sponsored by Guava. For more information, please visit Chinwag.com.